It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six foot five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, Hartman's still going. Inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time for some breaking news. The Jets making some transactions at the wide receiver position today. We're going to talk about that and some of the other transactions around the NFL with our friend who is the owner and founder of WalterFootball.com and also the host of the new Walter Football After Dark podcast, my friend Walter Cherapinski. Walter, what's up, brother? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for mentioning that uh, that podcast. We've done two episodes so far, and uh, it, it's pretty cool. We've been talking about uh, we we had a big discussion about the salary cap. Uh, also discussed the Elijah Moore trade, and then we talked about Game of Thrones. So it was, it was pretty fun to do that. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. It was um, it was kind of a boring couple of days in free agency until today, and then just everything happened uh, at the same time. Uh, it was kind of nuts. Yeah, it was funny because I texted you and I said, hey, you want to do a show? We'll talk about me, Cole Hardman, and go around the horn. And you're like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then, of course, like five minutes later, the Elijah Moore <laughs> trade breaks and all hell breaks loose with Jets fans. And then you didn't even know about it because you were at a swimming lesson with your son. And then all of a sudden you get out and you see that there was this major trade. It was kind of wild. We'll start with Hardman and then we'll work our way to what's going on with Elijah Moore. So, Nicole Hardman, one year, $6.5 million is the max value. So, we don't know the specifics of the contract. We don't know what the base salary is and all that. But here's what we do know. Nicole Hardman is a guy who's had injury issues. This past year, he missed half the year with a pelvis injury. Didn't play in the Super Bowl, but... Explosive 4-3 speed The Jets really liked him coming out of college Out of the University of Georgia Mike McCagnin wanted to trade up for him And he became a member of the Almost Jets Because they weren't able to trade up for him However, now they land him I think it's funny too Because, of course, Mike McCagnin would have wanted to trade up for a guy Who, despite having all the speed Has been a very ordinary wide receiver For the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes now that being said he is really good with the ball in his hands gets a lot of yak when he has the opportunity so that's something that will fit in very well in the offense as soon as I saw this people started saying is he going to be a replacement for Elijah Moore I didn't think so and I still don't I don't view him as a replacement for Elijah Moore who we'll talk about in a second I think he was a replacement for Braxton Berrios who fits the offense better and has more explosive capabilities both as a return man and as a receiver, I think he'll probably be the fourth receiver in this offense. But even though Braxton Berrios two years ago was an all-pro as a return man, he's really more of a steady Eddie. And last year, he didn't do much as a punt returner, took a huge step backwards. Hardman gives the Jets that explosiveness that they're looking for in this offense. As they say, in the current NFL, speed kills, and McCole Hardman certainly has speed. So I like this move. I think it's certainly an upgrade over Braxton Berrios. They'll do some jet sweeps and gadget plays too with him. 
I think he'll be a nice piece for Nathaniel Hackett in this offense. So uh, I'm not a big uh, Michael Hardman guy. Um, I, I was pretty high on him a couple years ago because it sounded like he was going to be the replacement for a Tyreek Hill or something, but that, that definitely never panned out. Um, his, his career high totals were 59 catches, 693 yards, just went in 2021, and then he missed half the year last year. Um, and in most of the games, he did nothing. Like he had, he had lines like one catch, two yards, one catch, four yards, uh, four catches, thirty-two yards, two catches, ten yards. Like he has, he has so many games where he just does nothing. He has a couple of big games uh, per year, though. That at least he did with the Chiefs. We'll, we'll see what what he does with the Packers. Um, there is upside, though. He's he's twenty-five. Uh, he has a ton of speed. He can go the distance whenever he touches the ball. Uh, so maybe he's he can be a late bloomer and become something in the Jets offense. I, I like I definitely wouldn't discount that from happening. But but from what we've seen so far, um, it's hard to be bullish on um, on the signing just from an offensive perspective, um, especially given that you know it, like if if he played with a mediocre quarterback his whole career, you could be like, okay, now he's going to Aaron Rodgers. He has upside now. But this is actually a downgrade. Like it's a rare downgrade to go to Rodgers because he's been with Patrick Mahomes his entire career, and he hasn't really done much uh, on offense. So um, it, it's hard. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the signing just from offense, but um, he can give you an upgrade on special teams, and that that's something that has to be factored in as well. Um, and, and it's not like you're counting on him to be this this impactful receiver in your offense. Like you have Garrett Wilson, you sign Alan Lazard, you might sign another receiver. There's still Corey Davis. We'll see what happens with him. Um, and and then now Michael Hardman is the fourth guy, I guess. Um, so uh, yeah, it's not like you're really counting on him to do much. And like I said, he still has upside. So I, I think the signing is fine. I'm not crazy about it, but I don't, I don't hate it either. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Walter, as we said, right after the Hardman signing was announced, we got the news that Elijah Moore had been traded to the Cleveland Browns. The Jets get the 42nd pick in the draft. In exchange, they traded their third rounder, number 74, and Elijah Moore. So the value on the draft value chart ends up being a high third rounder. Don't really love this move from a value standpoint. I think Elijah Moore had a ton of upside. We saw what he did his rookie year, those last few games before he got hurt, was just tearing up everybody. He really crushed the Dolphins in that game, put Byron Jones straight on his face with a move. It looked like Darren Williams in his prime with that crossover dribble when he used to have guys falling all over themselves. Last year, he got open a lot, but unfortunately for him, the quarterbacks weren't seeing him. If you went back and looked at the tape, I think that's a big part of his frustration is that he was getting open and not only were the quarterbacks not seeing him and targeting him, but he also wasn't being utilized on trick plays and gadget plays. You would have thought Mike LaFleur would have given him those manufactured touches. Instead, he gave them to a far inferior player in Braxton Berrios. And you know that Elijah Moore is best friends with A.J. Brown. He saw A.J. Brown get that big contract. And he knows that in the NFL, you don't get paid based on I'm open and nobody threw me the ball. You get paid based on numbers and production. And so he understands that if he wants that big contract like his buddy A.J. Brown, he needs to put up those numbers. And it wasn't happening in the Jets offense. We know he had that whole tirade. He went off on Mike LaFleur. Clearly, he wasn't all that confident in Zach Wilson. And so he requested a trade after being sent home at one point. The Jets held on to him. He did have that nice game against the Bears once Mike White came in. But I guess they never really mended fences. And so Joe Douglas ends up trading him here. My suspicion is that 
they had decided mutually to part ways. And so Joe Douglas looked for the best deal he could get. And this is probably the best offer he could find, which is unfortunate because, like I said, I think Elijah Moore had some serious potential, especially if the Jets would have brought in a real quarterback. He could have really blossomed in this offense and been potentially really good number two next to Garrett Wilson. Now he has that opportunity with the Cleveland Browns, with Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. I think he could be a real steal for the Browns. I love that deal for them. As I said, don't love the value here. But I understand. Looks like it wasn't going to work out between the two sides. Joe Douglas got the best deal he could get. And that's where they're at right now. So the Jets have the 42nd and 43rd pick. They've got the 13th pick. As of right now, three picks in the top 50. If they hold on to those picks, it would be the third year in a row that they would have three or more picks in the top 50. That's how you turn franchises around. You accumulate that type of draft capital and you hit on those picks. Joe Douglas did that last year. If he keeps these picks and is able to hit on them, it'll really continue to build up that Jets roster so that they can eventually be in the same league with the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. If they keep those three picks, a wide receiver could very well be in play unless the Jets make another move at wide receiver, which we will discuss next. But for now, wide receiver very well could be in play, and the Jets have three picks in the top 50. So I, I was um, working on my fantasy sleepers list for 2023, and Elijah Moore was going to be on it. Um, I, 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 and he still might be. Um, but you know, having Aaron Rodgers as an upgrade, like a major upgrade at quarterback, um, and being a number two receiver on uh, an, an offense that could be explosive, it was like very appealing to me. Uh, Elijah Moore had a solid rookie year, and and there was a lot of optimism uh, heading into the second year. And he started off okay, and, and just kind of faded away, didn't really do anything in the middle of the season. And then he got disgruntled, as you said, like he he went he, he went home, and and then um, he came back, and he had he had a couple of good games like against Buffalo too, like Chicago as well, like you said, um, but. You know, the, given the fact that he was like scruntled and also the the Jets already brought in Alan Lazard uh, to be like a familiar face for Aaron Rodgers, and also um, they they signed Michael Hardman as we just discussed. Like, not there's not really any room for Elijah Moore. So like the value wise, I completely agree with what you said. Like a high third for a receiver who could really just blossom in his third year and become um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he becomes a thousand yard receiver mm-hmm. at some point in his career. I, I think that you had to get more for him from that perspective, but I don't think the Jets had that much leverage. Like we we've, we've been talking about the Aaron Rodgers leverage. Like I feel like there the Jets have the leverage, but with Elijah Moore they didn't really because people knew that Elijah Moore wanted out. So I, I don't think the Jets could have gotten proper value for Moore. Um, but they then again, like they still had to trade him because he was really unhappy and he wanted to go. So you know, I, like I don't think this is uh, that bad of a trade for the Jets. They have. As you said, they have three picks in the top 50, which is really good. Um, and as for the Browns, um, you know, I, I like them getting Elijah Moore, but I didn't think receiver was a big need for them. And now they don't draft until like number 79, I think. Um, so, and for a team that has more needs than receiver, I, that, that, that's why I didn't like this trade for the Browns. I, I like them, like, I, I like them getting more. It's just, um, I feel like they needed to spend their resources elsewhere. As I said, there could be a corresponding move here, Walter, and that corresponding move may very well be Odell Beckham Jr. According to Connor Hughes of The Athletic, the Jets' interest in Odell Beckham Jr. is, quote, very real. 
I don't really understand the fascination with Odell Beckham. He hasn't had more than 537 yards in four years. The last two seasons that he played, he tore ACLs. He missed all of last year. He's going to be turning 31. I'm not saying he'd be a terrible add on a low-cost one-year deal. I don't know that that's going to be enough to get it done, but I also don't think that at this point he's really anything more than a depth receiver, and people are talking about him as though he's still the old Odell Beckham, which he isn't. I know that Aaron Rodgers likes him, so if they bring him in for Aaron Rodgers, I guess it's okay depending on the price, but I would prefer they just go younger, get themselves a receiver in the draft, or trade for DeAndre Hopkins, who is available, and apparently the price tag has dropped a lot. Because originally we heard Cardinals were looking for a second rounder and a player for Hopkins. But I guess reality hit because nobody was coming even close to offering that. Remember, Hopkins is 30 years old and he is due $34 million over the next two years. $19.5 million in 2023 and $15 million in 2024. And so teams are going to be hesitant to go and trade for a guy like that, even though the wide receiver market has exploded. Plus, there are rumblings that if Hopkins gets traded, he's going to want a new contract. So that has to be kept in mind too. But I will say this, DeAndre Hopkins, as opposed to Odell Beckham Jr., has showed us recently that he can still be a big-time receiver. He had some big games last year. Now, he was suspended, so he didn't play the entire year. But when he did, he made a big impact. So if the Jets could go and get him, that would be awesome because apparently, according to Albert Breer, the new asking price is expected to be something closer to what the Cowboys gave up for Brandon Cooks, which is a fifth and sixth round pick. Now that I would gladly give up for DeAndre Hopkins. I would not give up a second rounder and a player. Problem, of course, is that I don't see how the Jets could find a way to make this work salary cap wise. So I'd be fine with DeAndre Hopkins. But as far as Odell Beckham, Unless they can get him on some cheap one-year deal and they're just counting on him to be a depth receiver, I'd rather they draft somebody because they do have three picks in the top 50 and they could probably get somebody good who could be an impact player along with Garrett Wilson for the next couple of years. So Walter, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, two big names at wide receiver that could be in play, although at this point it sure seems like the Jets are more interested and more linked to Odell Beckham than they are DeAndre Hopkins. Well, with with Hopkins, like I, I have the same sentiment with him that you do with Beckham. Like I, I feel like Hopkins is overrated at this point, um, and he's he's about half a year older than Odell Beckham. I know he's not coming off a, a torn ACL, but he's he hasn't been able to finish his his last two years. Um, in 2021, he missed seven games. Last year, he missed eight games. I know, I know, half that was suspension, but he got hurt at the end of the year, um, and he missed the final. If it missed the um, the final three games or like two games plus most of the the final third one, um, so he hasn't been able to stay healthy either. And he's going to be 31 in the summer. So I, I'm not crazy about uh, adding a, a very high-priced receiver uh, who's 31. If you were like 27, 28, I'd be on board for it. But you're gonna, you're. I feel like you're, uh, you're, you're paying on pass production with both these guys. Um, now Hopkins is going to be more expensive. He's not going to cost you a lot of draft capital, as you said, uh, just because just because of his age and uh, injury uh, and salary. Um, but the salary is the thing, though, and it's going to be tough for the Jets to afford that unless there's like some sort of weird restructure or something. And, and if that happens and the Jets aren't paying them that much, uh, I'd be all for a- adding Hopkins. And that, that's actually why I think like 
if they can get Beckham cheaply, that, that'd be great. Like if it was, you know, Beckham was talking about wanting to get more than four million. Um, if it's like one, if it's the same contract as Harbin, like one year, six and a half million, I, I'd be on board for that because you're not taking on any risk. And there's definitely risk with, with Beckham um, just because of his knee injury history. Um, and plus he is going to be 30, he's going to be 31 at some point during the season. Um, so um, I, you know, I, I, th- I think that if you get, if you can get Beckham cheaply, it, it's great. Uh, but you know, there, there is a member berry uh, situation here with Beckham. Like people want to, they're, they're like, member that catch member, the, all those great uh, catches mm-hmm. in, the, in the Super Bowl. Like, like people, people think that way with Beckham and they think he's still going to be great. I, I don't think he's going to be great anymore. I think he can be a solid number two to Garrett Wilson. Um, and then the thing with him is he's going to draw a lot of attention. He has that like, it's kind of like I, I used to refer to uh, to this as like the Deshaun Deshaun Jackson syndrome, where Deshaun Jackson had like he was like a one trick pony where he could just go downfield and and make big plays, but that's all he could do. And then one, once he aged and couldn't do that as well anymore, like teams were still scared of him. Uh, I think teams would still be scared of Beckham just because of the name. Um, you know, players know about him. Like, yeah, you have young quarterbacks. Like, oh my god, I'm going against Beckham. Uh, so they could be concerned, and that could open things up for Garrett Wilson. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I'd be on board with this if you can get him cheaply, but if you have to pay him a lot, then I would definitely would not sign him. One thing I will say about DeAndre Hopkins, though, Walter, is that obviously he missed six games because of the suspension. He did miss the last two for injury, but before that, he really produced. Here's what he did in the games that he played. 10 catches, 103 yards, 12 catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. Four catches, 36 yards, not a big deal, touchdown. 10 catches, 98 yards, 9 catches, 91 yards, 4 catches, 87 yards, 7 for 79, 7 for 60, and then 1 for 4, and that was the game where he came out early. But he produced, and he only missed two games for injury last year. Would also say that two years, $35 million for Hopkins is not that bad considering the explosion in the receiver market the last couple of years. The issue here for the Jets, I think, is that I don't know that even though he's fairly reasonably priced based on the current standards, that they'd be able to find a way to fit him into the salary cap because they are already under a salary cap crunch and they haven't even figured out the quarterback situation concretely yet. So I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins is a realistic option for the Jets, but I would be happy if they got him because he is still very much a productive wide receiver And the value is not bad considering how much these receivers are getting. Beckham, on the other hand, they can get him cheap, fine, I guess. But like we said, hasn't really produced in the last four years and had two ACL injuries, missed an entire year last year. I would way rather have Hopkins in a vacuum, but we'll see what happens with those two guys. I think it's much more likely they wind up with Odell Beckham. Walter, let's talk about some other moves that were made around the NFL the last couple of days. Panthers signing Adam Thielen to a three-year deal. That's crazy. By the way, Thielen said that he thinks there's a really good chance the Panthers could win the Super Bowl. Sounds a tad bit unrealistic to me, but hey, if he believes strongly enough in it, maybe he can go full Calvin Ridley and have somebody place a bet for him. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson signs a one-year deal with the Lions. Tough situation there. Because Gardner Johnson apparently was offered a multi-year deal from the Eagles, decided not to take it. Then the Eagles went 
and brought back James Bradbury. They kept Darius Slay, and then they didn't have the money to keep him on a long-term deal. So Gardner Johnson basically signs a one-year prove-it deal with his old coach, Aaron Glenn, who was defensive backs coach with the Saints when Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was there, is now the defensive coordinator with the Lions. And, of course, Dan Campbell, who was a former assistant with the Saints and now the head coach with the Lions, one year, $8 million. I like that a lot for both sides. I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will do very well. And I think that the Lions will benefit greatly and then maybe he'll cash out next offseason. Speaking of players that missed out on a potentially big long-term deal, Dalton Schultz last offseason was offered a three-year, $36 million deal, turned it down, and then unfortunately for him, didn't get those long-term offers. He signs a one-year prove-it deal as well. One year, $9 million with the Texans. Texans making some moves, by the way. They also went out and got Denzel Perriman, former Pro Bowler, and Devin Singletary, a pretty decent number two running back. So good value there for the Texans. By the way, corresponding move there, Devin Singletary going to the Texans means that the Bills were in the market for running back. So they went out and grabbed Damian Harris, from the division rival Patriots. They also grabbed another player from a division rival, Trent Sherfield, who had played wide receiver for the Dolphins, goes to the Bills. So they're making some depth moves there. Speaking of Bills, former Bill John Feliciano goes and signs with the 49ers. Josh Dobbs, the quarterback who had a couple of decent games with the Tennessee Titans last year and who we talked about as a potential backup candidate for the Jets, signs with the Cleveland Browns. Raiders had some very bad luck after trading their tight end, Darren Waller, to the Giants. They got the bad news that Foster Moreau had a very negative diagnosis when he was taking a physical, and he's going to be stepping away from football for the time being. Raiders now have two new tight ends. Foster Moreau leaves football for a while. Darren Waller goes to the Giants, and so they end up getting O.J. Howard and Austin Hooper to take their place. And last but not least here, Walter, the Jaguars signing running back Dernis Johnson. Certainly they needed somebody to take the spot that was vacated by James Robinson last season. And so Dernis Johnson is the guy that will do that. So there you go, Walter, going around the NFL. Those are some of the latest transactions over the last couple of days. What do you think? Maybe Adam Thielen knows that they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but if he says he says it enough, like maybe, you know, maybe it will happen. I, I don't know. I, I think there was a terrible deal. It was like three years, $24 million. Um, Adam Thielen hasn't been able to get open in the past two years. Uh, I, I don't know why, why he warranted this sort of contract, $8 million per year. Just kind of insane. Uh, he's going to be the Panthers' number one receiver, and he can't get open. So that, that's a big problem. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Lions, conversely, like was such a great deal, I thought. like A cheap deal to get a big upgrade in the secondary, which was a big problem for them the last year. Secondary and linebacker were, were like really the only two areas where the Lions were weak. Um, and to get an upgrade there very cheaply is nice, especially given that uh, he's worked with the defense coordinator before. So, I, I mean, I, I've said this before. I'd love the Lions uh, to win the Super Bowl potentially at 33-1. to 1. Um, I, I, I love them even more now. Um, so, I really like that. Uh, Dalton Schultz going to the Texans going to be a nice weapon for the rookie quarterback. They draft number two overall. Presumably Bryce Young, but who knows? It could be someone else. Um, so just to have a reliable tight end, uh, especially given that they had nothing at receiver because Brandon Cook is gone. Um, they, they signed Perriman. Denzel Perriman is going to be, uh, I think he's an underrated player he's really good against the run and the texans have been terrible against the run um they allow 200 yards every time they play derrick henry and they really needed to do something about that and perriman's going to help um and last year when damian pierce got hurt 
their backup running back was Dario Gumbawale. Like they really needed to get a number two uh, back. Singletary was in way over his head as the number one in Buffalo, but he could be a good number two. Uh, so I like the signing a lot. And then Damian Harris of the Bills. Buffalo's red zone offense has been dreadful. Uh, they kind of needed that that goal line hammer uh, to get in there. Damian Harris a couple years ago scored like 60 touchdowns. So he has a nose for the end zone. He's going to be a nice goal line back for them. Um, Josh Dobbs goes back to the Browns. Like he was in Cleveland before. Makes sense. They lost Jacoby Brissett. They needed a backup. Uh, uh, the fit works. Um, and then, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, Boston Marone is sad. Hopefully he has a, a swift recovery. Uh, the Raiders needed to replace him and Darren Waller. Uh, they got Austin Hooper, who was, you know, we thought he was good like three or four years ago, and then he got paid, and then he's done nothing since. Uh, maybe he, like, resurrects his career with the Raiders. I have my doubts. Um, and I have my doubts about O.J. Howard, too. I think these guys are not going to do anything. Uh, it's just like a waste of time. Um I, I do like the Jaguars signing Dearness Johnson, though. Uh, he was stuck behind two really good running backs in Cleveland, uh, kind of just had no chance to do anything. Now he's going to be the number two running back in Jacksonville. Uh, Travis Etienne, not like the biggest guy in the world, so he can get injured. And if he does, Dearness Johnson could be a solid backup for them. Um, so I like that move quite a bit. One last note, we touched on it before. Brandon Cooks, since I mentioned the deal for DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to be similar to what the Cowboys gave up for him. It was a fifth and a sixth round pick. Love that move for the Cowboys. They needed to get a real number two receiver in there. Brandon Cooks goes in as somebody who has consistently produced over and over again. His production was down a little bit last year, but he missed four games and he had terrible quarterback play. Still 700 yards receiving and averaged 12.3 yards per reception. So I really like that move for the Cowboys. Obviously, that was just a situation where the Texans were looking to move on and rebuild. And Brandon Cooks is 29 years old, which seems crazy because it's not that old and he has been around a really long time. But I like the deal for the Cowboys. Texans were just looking to get something kind of the way that right now it appears the Cardinals are looking to get something for DeAndre Hopkins. Walter Cherpinski, the owner and founder of WalterFootball.com. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the breaking news of Elijah Moore getting traded to the Cleveland Browns and Nicole Hardman signing with the Jets, plus going through all the news and notes from the last few days from the NFL with me. Really appreciate it. Everybody should check out what Walter and Charlie Campbell are doing over at WalterFootball.com. Up-to-the-minute updates on what's happening with trades, free agent signings, and, of course, a ton of fantastic fantasy gambling and draft content. So go over to WalterFootball.com and check out everything they've got going on over there. Check out everything we've got at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. An awesome All-22 breakdown of Alan Lazard is up right now. So watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Frank Lemire's Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.